Welcome back everybody. Today on the guidebook, Shelby Polk is back. If you haven't heard part one of my conversation with her, you can go back and listen to it in the podcast feed. It came out last week. We talked for two hours, so I split our conversation up into two separate episodes because you don't need to listen to that all in one go. <laughs> in this episode, we talk about travel and money as freelancers, how to afford traveling multiple times a year, traveling with friends, traveling while working, traveling solo, travel hacking basics, how to make friends while traveling, getting out of debt, and what freelancers should actually have in their savings accounts. This episode's pretty juicy. You're gonna hear about my debt situation. You're also gonna hear about how Shelby makes travel happen in her life. She travels about eight times a year, and that's a lot for most Americans. So stay tuned to hear her travel tips. But before we get into the episode, I just have two quick notes. If you wanna help the show, I'd love it if you'd rate, review, and subscribe or follow the guidebook on your favorite podcast platform or social media. We are at the guidebook pod on Instagram. It helps other people find our show so they can enjoy it too. Even better, you could share this episode with a friend who you think might enjoy it. I also ask a question every episode. So if you use the Spotify app, you can scroll down and below the episode in Spotify while you're playing it, you'll be able to answer the question of the week. Last week, it was what really gets your goat. <laughs> Lastly, we talk about money in this episode a lot. Um, this is not financial advice. We're not financial experts. If you need help with your finances, please, please find a credible licensed professional to help you out. We're just talking about our experiences and what worked for us. All right, already enough for me. Let's dig into the best travel tips I've heard in a long time. Take it away, Shelby. This is the guidebook. We're sharing tips for freelancers, raw conversations with risk takers, how to become a digital nomad, and the emotions behind it all. I'm your host, Rachel. On the show, I share everything I've learned in the past five years of freelancing and living nomadically, showing you how you can work to live instead of living to work. I'm interviewing some of my favorite digital nomads and entrepreneurs to help you unlock your bravest self. If you want to become a freelancer or a digital nomad, this is the podcast for you. Oh, okay, great. How do you afford travel? So I am an intense budgeter. As you know, I love, love a spreadsheet. You're a genuine spreadsheet budget. You don't use bookkeeping software, is that right? No, I don't at all. That's not my advice, people. But know, if you're a Shelby and you can make, the thing is you're so anal about yeah, it that I it's am. fine. I could never, I wouldn't keep up with it. It came from the anxiety attacks, the, you know, couple years that it was bad. And I mean, I've always had to budget cause like, working for the newspaper, I didn't get paid enough to not track what was happening. Um, and I just realized early on, like, okay, if I'm going to make this work, I have to know what's coming and what's going. And I have to know exactly how. And like, I've read advice about, you know, creating pain points when you are going to make purchases. And for me, it is knowing and making this budget. And there are, you know, at this point, I've built out my spreadsheet for the last few years in a way that probably only makes sense to me. Money with Katie though, her budget spreadsheet is a work of art. I love it. I've yeah. used it. I don't keep track of it the just because- The wealth planner? The wealth planner. Really? 
I love I've it. thought about buying it, but I'm like, oh, is it really worth it? Yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I love her. I love her. She has great advice. Um, the well planner is great. I don't use it only because I like the projections parts of that, but I'm not going to enter every single thing twice. You know, I'm just like not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I've always been really tight. You just have to know and you have to plan. And I know that that's like the lamest, oldest advice, but you can afford anything. You cannot afford everything is what I always fall back on. So like, I don't buy that many clothes. I don't buy that many, you know, nights out, just making choices. And if that's what you love and what you value, great. For me, Scott's cheap flights, credit card hacking, yeah. travel hacking, whatever you call it. Yeah, learn about travel hacking, guys. And budgeting hard. Like, those are not sexy answers. That's how I've gotten to do all that travel is because of thinking ahead, because of knowing what my budget is. I don't always function within my monthly budget, like this trip to Japan, half on credit card points, and then the other 1100 came out of savings. Mm -hmm. It was the most expensive flight I've ever bought. Yeah. Like, single. Well, it's it really was, fucking far. It was so. painful. It really hurt. I was like, but I, my flight to and from Portugal. Four hundred dollars. Yeah. When <laughs> like, you told me how much you spent on your entire Portugal trip, I was yeah. like, oh my God, I think I could go to Portugal. Yeah. yeah. I genuinely thought that traveling outside the U.S. was too expensive for me until okay. I met you. Like, actually, I'm not all kidding. Right. All right, then let me roll this all the way back. So, <laughs> so Japan was ex more expensive than it needed to be because that's when my friends were going, and I decided to prioritize that. Portugal. I wasn't even looking for Portugal. Um, I was scanning Scott's cheap flights, now called Going. Just dreaming of okay like i want to go somewhere where can i afford to go like i don't start with i want to go to portugal i start with a budget mm. and this was a 372 dollar trip to portugal like round trip round flight. trip round trip flight wow and you know there's a couple extra considerations there like obviously we live in a mid-sized city so i yeah. did have to drive to dc for that mm -hmm. so i did pay a hundred dollars to park my car Okay, so that adds, so really it was like 500-ish. That's still amazing. It was fine. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna spend that much money driving to fucking Maine to move yeah. in a couple weeks. Yeah. Like, come on. If you were planning far enough ahead, I did the same thing for Mexico. I looked way ahead. I compared all the airlines. I looked at all my points, looked into Scott's cheap flights and Skyscanner. Those are my two favorite things. Or not Skyscanner, sorry, Skiplagged. They do such a good job of breaking the air, airlines algorithms that they got sued for it. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. It's nice. Right. And that's a totally free service too, unlike Scott's Cheap Flights. Okay, yeah. I've also used Fairdrop, but that's not free. Mm -hmm. They have a free version, but it doesn't do international flights. Yeah. But their newsletter, the daily drop is so, you I have learned so much yeah. from that newsletter. I didn't really know anything about travel hacking yeah. until I started watching Kara and Nate on YouTube. Okay. YouTube's back, baby. <laughs> you know I love it. <laughs> um, Kara and Nate started Fairdrop okay. and they have an email newsletter called The Daily Drop. They've full-time traveling for seven years fully through travel hacking. Like their entire first year of flights, they paid for with points. They own like 27 credit cards or some bullshit. It's oh, crazy. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I can't keep up with that, but that's what the spreadsheet is. I learned so much from this five. newsletter. So if you want to start travel hacking, definitely subscribe to that newsletter, but also like, mm -hmm. There are so many other resources, like going, was it the one you mentioned? Skip lagged. I've never heard of that. That's great. That sounds great. Yeah, okay, so either start with a destination or a time of yeah. year. I found the, that flight to Portugal last summer. I didn't know when I would be able to travel, so I just booked it for next summer, thinking that's far enough ahead out to plan. Mm -hmm. Mexico, I knew when I wanted to go there. I looked at all the different versions of how to get there, and it was that was not that bad. That was all points, too. And complaining to Southwest when they made me wait on my bag for two hours, and then they just give you $200 if you complain to them, so. Wow, really? Yeah. <laughs> you know, one to 200, depending on how hard of a time you had with them. But last yeah. year they were really struggling. Yeah. 
and they have had to give a lot of money away. And I don't like do that if I don't actually have a problem, but every time I've complained to an airline, they have given me a voucher to make me stay with them. That's lovely. It's very lovely. Yeah. I think it helps too if you have their credit card. Yeah. yeah. For sure. So yeah, zooming out, not being too attached to going to one place at one time. It takes a lot of time and research, but skip lagged, going, there's all these services that do make it easier these days. And then I still like hostels. I think for me, going for as long as I can is more important than having a luxurious stay. And that is the benefit of having friends too. So yeah. in Mexico, I was with three friends. We split this big Airbnb. Everybody was working. Nobody worked. <laughs> I worked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that, it, it turned out to be a great trip, but I will say we did not compare expectations before we went. Yeah. Reminder to do that. Airbnbs are not always the cheapest option anymore though, I'm definitely finding. Yeah, it's definitely. In the US, for sure, it's cheaper to stay at yeah. hotels. Yeah. Which is wild, especially if you start, like, I don't have hotel credit cards yet, but. Yeah. Once you there start getting points there too. Every hotel does have a rewards program, regardless of whether you have one of their credit cards though. Like I'm part of like seven different hotel rewards programs. I've gotten free stays before. Again, do your research. And there are hostels here too. I stayed at a couple in Nashville that I've loved, like yeah. on a drive from here to Texas to go see my family. I've, I've stayed at a few. But yeah, I mean, I feel like none of my answers to this are sexy. How do I afford it? I think ahead. I'm not too attached to where or when I budget so hard. I budget maybe to an excessive degree. Last night I couldn't sleep and I was like, well, I guess I'll just update my budget. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Just added another weekend yeah. of Japan expenses. Yeah. yeah. And I haven't taken two straight weeks off since I started freelancing either. Like having some degree of work to me is not a vibe killer. I think maybe for some people it is, but like flexibility, research, yeah. budget. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And like not being too flexible with that budget either. It's yeah. so easy to get there and be like, well, I'll never be here again. Like, yeah. okay, but let's think long-term. I'm totally the person who's like, next week, that's next week me's problem. I'm just gonna spend whatever I want. And then I'm like, fuck, why'd I do that? I get home every time and I'm like, why do I do this? Every time. If you're struggling to budget or manage your money, I wrote a newsletter about money management a few weeks ago. It's on the blog now. So if you wanna read it, check it out. It's all about automating your finances to reserves so that you can manage your unpredictable income. Because I think as freelancers, like I really struggled mm -hmm. with being like, I can spend $200 on food this month. Whereas with this, it's percentages of everything that comes in. So it's just, it's easier yeah. for me yeah. because it's, it's the money you actually have, not the money that you want to spend or whatever. Yeah. yeah. No, I tried so hard when I first started freelancing to live within what I made that month especially at the beginning there's months where you make $1,500 like yeah you're not gonna especially now yeah no yeah I still aim to live like 2,500 or less and then like the rest of that is either fun or invested or whatever but like it, it you have to think year long as a freelancer like you can't be scared to dip into savings when you made 1500 but, but you, you also have to contribute to savings consistently <laughs> you cannot yeah. live on 7500 when that is what comes in you right. have to remember the month like right now i'm actually net negative 300 for the year because of that japan flight i've yeah. been like slowly replenishing my savings actually you know i haven't really checked how the investments are doing in a while let's let's be real um, Mine were up last time. Yeah, they, they should be yeah. based on how things are going. Are I'm good. probably not as negative as I thought. Times are fine. Uh, if I didn't pay so much for rent, everything would be fine. Last month, even though I was in Japan for a week of it, I spent $500 under budget, including all of my savings. That's incredible. So I have just applied that to this month because I don't necessarily have quite as much coming in because I haven't worked for the last three weeks. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. 
You just have to be able to know how much you can live at and to know how much you can hopefully bring it. Yeah, if you don't know, this is how I figured it out. I started religiously tracking my spending. Mm -hmm. Write it down on actual paper. Mm -hmm. Every single thing that you spend every single day. So mm -hmm. I have like a week on one page with columns and I write down like Monday I spent this, Tuesday I spent this, Monday mm -hmm. I spent this. Total it out each day. I usually do it the next day. So I do Monday's expenses on Tuesday, whatever. Mm -hmm. Total for each day, total for the week. And then I categorize all of that into like six categories. Keep it manageable. Don't like micro categorize things. Be like living. That includes, you know, going to the doctor's office, going to the gym, mm -hmm. rent, utilities, whatever. Make broad categories, but that will help you know what you're spending yeah. so that you can make a budget. Like I learned that I generally spend like 150 to $200 a week on food. That mm -hmm. combines eating out and groceries. Mm -hmm. I actually split those into two separate categories though because I tend to eat oh, out too much sure. and I want to like monitor or my eating out and be like, bitch, you did that. Yep. And then I have a pluses minus deltas for every week. So the things you did well, the things you did not do well, and the things you need to change. Okay. Like I realized I'm, I'm trying not to spend money on my credit cards right now because I'm trying to pay them off. Sure. And I realized okay. through spending tracking that some of my automated bills were still coming out of my credit cards. So I needed sure. to change that, yeah. right? So if you can track your spending, you'll get a better idea of what you can and cannot live off of. And then from that, you can either create a numeric budget, which is like, I will spend $200 a week on mm -hmm. food. Or you can build your percentages budget. Mm -hmm. Like I recognize that I spend about 20% of my income on living expenses, like rent, the mm -hmm. gym and healthcare. So that is how I have automated mm -hmm. into my reserves. That makes so much sense. I think the percentages would freak me out. Maybe just cause I'm so used to having hard numbers yeah, at this yeah, point. Yeah. This sounds bad. I don't think you can know what your budget needs to be until you've done two years of freelancing. Yeah. Because like those seasons that we talk about, yeah. like it is every January and February that I'm like, maybe I should quit. No. Every time. <laughs> and also like, no. oh, it's so nice. You guys, the longer you do it, the more you can see your patterns and exactly. the easier it That's is I mean to just like is. exist mentally as mm -hmm. a person, mm -hmm. like not just financially, but like, yeah, you need to know when your slow seasons are. Two years, you're going to have a pretty good idea of what's a pattern and what's a fluke. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously the longer it goes, the better you can track that. But I don't try, I don't kill myself trying to live on $1,500 on a bad month, but I also don't go over the top on my like the 10 months I have had I still live I live on the same amount mm -hmm. and that just you know you keep chugging along yeah you ideally have enough savings to like fill that when it's not right but yeah oh and keeping track of all your spending you can know how to get the best bonuses out of your credit cards right like yeah. which streaming and which phone and what which yes. recurring things go should go on the credit cards yeah. once you're not paying off debt if you do have a good credit score right now and you do not have credit card debt and you want to open a new credit card the one I'm looking at next is built they will reward you for paying your rent. I okay, I have heard of the, about that one. My yeah. rent is really high. I want it. I started with a secured card because I, I started with a secured yeah. card as well. Yeah. If your credit score is not good and you or you've never had a credit card, you have to get a secured card. You won't get approved for anything else. Yeah. Not even worth applying. This is not financial advice. <laughs> um, but, but it's what we did. Yeah. I think the thing with that is yeah, like yeah. it does not matter how much you think you know about credit cards you're gonna fuck it up yeah you're gonna get in a situation where you're gonna be like oh i fucked God. that up i had to call him amex on the way
way to Japan to be like, hey, why am I getting interest? And they're like, oh, because your friend that you were with in Portugal used theirs as a debit card to get cash and yours doesn't have the same benefits. I was like, oh, okay. That's so frustrating. I got a hundred euros out and it was like $3 of interest. Yeah. I didn't realize it was accruing interest. I could have paid it right away. Yeah, totally. I didn't know. Yeah. It was fine and I'm glad I know now and Amex was actually great and yeah. they were like, well, since you didn't know, we'll just give you a credit for it. And I was like, oh. Oh, cool. I wasn't expecting really that. Nice. I just needed Great to make sure you weren't going to keep giving me interest yeah, on something. Yeah. I definitely like got in emergency situations where I didn't have enough savings. Yeah. And so I put it on my credit card and I obviously know how interest works, but didn't really 23% think that hard about it. Mm. And a year later when yeah. I deigned to look at my credit cards, uh, after I stopped being scared of them. I had some regrets, man. Yeah. I spent like a thousand dollars on interest yeah. last year because I was too scared to look. And that yeah. is bad. Don't do, just look at your problems head on and deal with them. It is the only way. It is the only way. Yeah. It's true. It's like how to keep that mindset on a $1,500 month of okay, this is bad, I need to be serious, I need to take this seriously, but also it's not the end of the world. How do, I, how do you keep looking forward without ignoring what's in front of you, mm -hmm. right? Like that is hard. I struggle the most with like when I'm having a good month, not spending it. I have stopped doing that. I did it when I first hit my cu first couple, like I think I got 10 and 12 on one of those, you know, nonprofit fundraising seasons. It all hit at the same time and that felt amazing and I was buying too much. I was balling for a bit yeah. there and it, I was living life yeah. on the road. But it's too much, <laughs> too much spending. Not every month is gonna be 10 or 12K. You just yeah. freelancing, if it's gonna work, you have to think in a whole year yeah. system. That's travel for me too. I gotta know, I budget it in, but it is part of my yearly budget, not it's not an extraneous trip you go on. Yeah. It's just part of your budget, yeah. I think that that makes it so much more, like you travel a lot. I don't travel <laughs> a lot because I don't budget for it. Yeah. I also just everything. need to generally get my shit together. I'm like moving and like yeah, no, constantly uprooting my life. It's not the time for me well, to be traveling, but I look at you and I think, I wish I could do that. <laughs> I love it and I'm also realizing, okay, so yeah, 2023, I've taken three international trips, two domestic trips, and we're in July. <laughs> And 2022, I think, was when I finally felt comfortable going and doing again. And so I was gone for two weeks of every month of the last six months. That's crazy. It, was, it wasn't good for my work. It wasn't good for my community. I did have a great time. But sometimes I wondered, like, why am I doing this, right? Like, it was a little bit too much. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> and I'm glad I did it like that. It was pretty much all domestic much more affordable. I worked really, really hard on that one to use points and to find cheap cheap flights. But travel is fun, travel is sexy. Travel will also break your soul sometimes if you don't know why you're doing it. I think you can get burnout. Like I again, I did the same thing yeah. like on the road. Yeah. I was, when I was living in the van, I was moving every two weeks, if yeah. not every month to a new town or a new state, let alone every night to a new campsite mm -hmm. and also working and also doing life-threatening fun activity fun activities that I later realized <laughs> I didn't really actually want to do but I did because I thought it, I wanted to be cool yeah. and I got burnt out I got really burnt out it yeah. took me months to recover I was in that beach house in Maine that I rented for a little over three months yeah 
after I decide after I came back from van life and I still thought I was gonna go back out in April back in the van and the entire time I was at that beach house almost the entire time I was sleeping I wrote the curriculum for Camp Moxie I barely did a retainer job that was like 10 hours a week yeah. and other than that I was sleeping and walking on the beach that was it I couldn't do anything I was so burnt out for what yeah you know yeah like you should enjoy your travel know yourself like some people love full-time travel cool good for yeah. you do oh, it absolutely but like take breaks even people who are like full-time travel youtubers take months off during the year we were talking about this when i was in portugal because i felt so guilty i spent a whole day in the hostel and i was like this like why am i even here this is so lame i'm wasting my money and then you know i had the rest of the week and i had a great time but we we talked about I've never done a through hike, but I've heard through hikers talk about zero days. Yeah, you have to take zero. Gotta have a zero. In understanding the impact travel is going to have on your community, I thought I could do it and still have like, again, hella extrovert, yeah. hella an extrovert here. And like, you're not gonna be here for things. Your relationships, maybe not suffer, but like stagger. It's gonna yeah. take a little bit of work, extra work. And keeping your work consistent is also gonna be really hard. So just figuring out, like, I don't wanna make it sound like a nightmare. I'm glad I did it, but it's not easy. Yeah, find your balance. Like understand that it's not always going to be a fun, exciting highlight reel. Mm -hmm. There are gonna be days when you don't wanna be working in another country because mm -hmm. you wanna be doing something else. And you have to, because you need the money. Or there are gonna be other days where you have to like reach out to your client and be like, yo, I need a deadline extension, I'm really sorry. Yeah. There are gonna yeah. be other days where you're like, you're burnt out, but you don't realize it. And you're feeling extreme anxiety. You're in a foreign country. You feel stupid for being there. Nobody you feel like them. you're throwing your money away. You have no one to talk to. You're like texting your friends in the US, hoping that they'll respond. And, and then you feel you stupid for feeling that way. Or totally. <laughs> yeah. You eat a meal, you sleep the night. The next yeah. day you're like, this is amazing. I don't yeah. know why I wanted to leave yesterday. Yeah. And the same thing happens on like through hikes. The same thing. I would be like crying on a mountain in fucking Connecticut somewhere just bawling my eyes out being like why am i doing this i'm so close to home i could just fucking drive home at this point <laughs> and then you take a zero day you get a nice ass smoothie that has mm -hmm. actual ice in it mm -hmm. and you sleep the night in a bed and you wake up the next morning you're like i love through hiking it's amazing <laughs> you know it's just like when in doubt sleep and eat naps are extremely underrated yeah. when you're traveling and naps are underrated in general but like <laughs> Another thing about travel and knowing yourself. So with these two trips, both Japan and Portugal, I had friend time first and then Portugal, I, I did a whole solo week after, mm -hmm. solo slash work. Japan, I just did a few days by myself after. I can't do that. If I'm gonna do some solo and some friend travel, the solo has to be at the front. Yes, When dude. I am on the like high of travel, yes. because otherwise I'm gonna be sad that my friends just left me in a foreign country. <laughs> I learned the same thing, dude. It's If I go into it with no exposure to human beings that I care about, yeah. and I'm like, I'm like, this is great. great. But solo travel, only solo? Great, yes. fun, love yes. this. The friend hangover is real. A lot of people who yeah. like section hike talk about that too, that because you're on a different trajectory than the people who are through hiking. Mm -hmm. And so you're gonna have mm -hmm. to split up eventually. And it's really sad. One of my friends just came home from the PCT because she like split up from her friends and she was like, it's just not fun anymore. Yeah. I'm, on, I'm on a section hike. I'm here to have fun. I'm not here to, there's no reason I have to be here. Right. I'm gonna go home exactly. and like have fun, save this money to have fun doing something else. That's fine. Yeah. You can do that too. You can always go home always also. Home. I never, never done that before. <laughs> what a concept. I haven't. And, and you know what, I will say I've never regretted staying. It, this trip to Japan, my friends all left Saturday morning early and I didn't even see them that day. And I was like, I don't, why am I here? And then I found out. 
that there is a neighborhood of Tokyo that is just bookstores. What? 200 bookstores in this one little neighborhood called Jimbocho, I think. So I went and I spent a whole day wandering around. I just, when I did my budget last night, I spent $150 on books. Worth it. How did I get them all home? When you sent me the photo say. of what was in your suitcase <laughs> when you got home, you were like, remember when you, you put it, I, I picked I laid it all out on my bed. I picked you up from the airport and I was like, yeah. wow, your bag is so heavy, yeah. dude. And I put it in my car and then you sent me that photo and I was like, how many books did you buy? A lot. A lot. It you. was amazing. Another take an extra bag in your bag. Yeah, take a bag that. bag. I only filled my stuff halfway too. That big, oh, when you left that big green backpack that yeah. we both have from Target. Yeah, it was only halfway full. Yeah, if y'all want a good travel carry-on backpack <laughs> we'll that will it. fit like two weeks worth of shit, yeah. I will put the link in the description of this it's episode. Is not an ad this is literally the best it's from fucking target it's the best frontier won't let it on the plane fyi not frontier. Every and other airline lets it on. tap weighs your shit the portugal airline really? they almost made me pay 125 euro both your carry-ons can only weigh 12 kilograms together well that's really good mine to know. weighed 20. oh my god and also the kicker they don't do this on the way to portugal they only do it when you leave from lisbon they didn't do to, didn't do it to my wow. friend who flew out of porto so anyways. don't fly out of Lisbon. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> with with this airline. Yeah, with that particular airline. True, true, true. So, do you yeah. have a scale? Yeah. A bag scale? Yeah, I do. And I'm pretty careful about it. So like going to Lisbon, I had like walked up to the gate agents and I was like, hey, where are the boxes to like make sure everything fits? Like, I want to be careful. And they're like, we don't care. And so then I was like, great, I can buy whatever I want. I have oh, so much extra no. room. Yeah. Oh, okay. So. I go to the bookstore district. I buy too many books. I have a great day. And then I go home because I need to take a nap because my feet are killing me. And I'm like, okay, so I could keep this energy going. There's several bookstore themed bars in Tokyo. Let's do that. I got to one and I just like wasn't feeling it. And I don't know why it like the cover charge was higher than I thought it was going to be. It was like a little more corporate. We're just like, this isn't my energy tonight. And I remembered this one bookstore that stayed, not only stayed open late, but like had a lot of events. And I was like, okay, that's always a great way to meet people. If, if you're going to travel by yourself, figure out how to meet people, go yeah. to something. Yeah. I really struggled with that. It was the best night of the trip. That's amazing. I show up to this bookstore and it's an open jam session with, you know, a mixed, mostly Japanese, some expat crowd. Most of the songs are in English, not all of them. And I'm the only person person there who had never met anybody else there and so people just I just started talking to the bartender I started talking to a couple other women who were standing there it doesn't have to be bookstores it doesn't have to be cooking classes like whatever you like to do somebody likes to do that wherever you're going yeah find them you're so smart. because we just sang together for hours and it was so truly sweet. like making art together and singing together with these strangers who will probably never meet again yeah. and shit talking Murakami with the girl who worked at the bookstore like yeah. It was the most transcendent night. It was the most actual connection I had with Japan. Like it was absolutely the best night. Save something like that if you're gonna do solo travel after Friendsly. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. That's good tip. I worry because I'm such an extrovert that if I don't travel with people, I'm gonna be so lonely and uncomfortable that I'm not gonna enjoy it. Yeah. In the van, I I made a lot of friends, but I also visited people that I knew yes. where they lived, mm -hmm. and that was very helpful. And they introduced me to people or whatever i made a lot of friends through instagram yeah. but in foreign countries i feel like it's a lot more rare i don't have a lot of international followers yes and also when i was living in the philippines and we would show up at a hostel in bangkok everybody was would turn to you and be like oh, let's be friends yeah yeah not really but like generally everybody who is i called them backpacker trash much yeah. like hiker trash yeah. in southeast asia 
is ready to be friends. And I think a lot of times when you're somewhere, when you're hanging out in hostels, it's easy to meet other tourists. It's much harder to make connections with that aren't paid for, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm with locals but they just like have lives we would just go to hostels and hang out until we met enough people who wanted to go out to dinner and like all go out to dinner together easier when they're when you're with at least one other person you like but definitely not impossible it takes a little bit of getting over your stress but like the hostel i stayed at in lisbon lisbon lounge hostel does family dinners and so i went to that by myself and met like five people going on tours is actually a great way to meet people especially if they're hosted by your hostel um hostels you can tell are one of the the best ways to meet people abroad everybody's there for a weird reason nobody's there to have their own vacation by themselves right like they're ready to make friends probably much like backpacking like people don't come they come ready to make friends yeah for the most part but yeah just like finding the things you like to do and figuring out how to do them with people can be really stressful and hard to make friends abroad but also everybody is in that same position Mm -hmm. for the most part it's pretty low stakes you could never see this person again and there's always going to be people there who aren't for you especially now as i uh turn 30 and still stay in hostels like for the people oh that's what i was going to say too it doesn't even come down to just who you happen to run into anymore either like hostel world now the app has a built-in chat function where everyone in lisbon can get on and be like who needs a dinner buddy whoa it was great i did that and had one of my best nights in lisbon with total strangers and then we were standing outside a bar and this girl walks by and we go oh are you here for the meetup and she goes no but i'm alone and just stayed (laughs) it was great that's amazing (laughs) there's a lot of online ways to meet people even temporarily even if you're not staying at a hostel, go to a hostel and hang out and go on one of their tours. Go to a cooking class or a tour or whatever it is you like to do and you will have human interaction. Like schedule it and sometimes you have to pay for it. But even the tour guides that you have to pay for often like they're great. That's so good. Those are really good tips. Yeah, that was one of the things that scares me the most. I you need peeps, even yeah. if they're new. And you do <laughs> need to be comfortable with spending an afternoon alone or eating dinner alone, you know, like, and I would say, ooh, all right, my number one piece of advice for travel and work, take little test trips. Mm. Go on a weekend by yourself, go schedule a few days somewhere by yourself, figure out what you can do and how to balance seeing and working and budgeting and being alone. Like those are all big thing yeah you don't have to like go to a foreign country yeah to test it out yeah don't start big even when i started in a foreign country i was working in the philippines but like most of those 10 countries i saw for a weekend taiwan was a 150 dollar flight away and so we went for three days i did get to stay in several for longer but do quick short trips build your way up you wouldn't go on a through hike without ever having spent a night in the woods you know did you really yeah i did that I planned so many shakedown hikes and I was like too scared to go on any of them. And then when it came time to do my through hike, my parents were like, you're not going to not go. We're driving you. And they like drove me there. And I was like, well, I can't, I like, I can't quit now. In Georgia. Yeah. (laughs) By yourself. Yeah. 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 And I was just like alone on this fucking through hike. I mean, I made a lot of friends. I made a lot of enemies as well, but yeah, it was a, it was an experience. I don't think I've talked a lot on the podcast about like, the adverse experiences with human beings on my through hike, but there's definitely some people you cannot trust Uh, as with anywhere. Sure. But yeah, it was a lot. It was, that makes sense. I am an all or nothing person. I'd never fucking done van. I think I'd like car camped in my Prius a couple times in Asheville, (laughs) but I'd never done anything remotely close to van life. And I just left. I was like, yeah, let's go to, well, I'm going to drive all the way to Washington. See where, we'll see what happens on the way there. That was literally my whole trip was trying to drive to Washington to see my friend. 
That was the whole point of that trip. And I did so many amazing things along the way, and it was fine. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> I've never done anything like that before. Amazing. So I would not do a short trip because I would be scared, and it would just make me more scared. I would just go and do the things. But, like, I don't necessarily recommend it. Sure. It's definitely sure. the most stressful. You know, I'm just going to do whatever the most stressful possible way to do yeah. something is. That's, that does make sense. my biggest flaw. <laughs> my biggest flaw in life. Wait, that's so funny. I didn't realize you'd never spent the night outside. I'd like, I'd like camped in a tent in my grandparents' backyard. but And I like lived in a trailer for a while. But like I'd never gone backpacking before. Well, just goes to show. Yeah. Persistence. You can do Determine anything. Can. You, you can, can do, do anything, guys. I wish I could do what you do. Oh my god. <laughs> You can. <laughs> Anybody can do it. Ooh, I don't know why this made me think of budgeting slash travel advice, like to circle all the way back around to that. Everything people say about regular financial health, have your six month emergency savings if you can, that, that should be the first thing you build. I think for freelancing, you need an extra month and your six months you're not gonna touch. And that is for you know dire emergencies. It's for if another pandemic hits and every single one of the clients that you have just got says, oops, we're taking things in house. Yeah. That happened to me. That happened to me as well. And I had no savings and I freaked the fuck out. Right, I mean, of course. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm emergency honestly. savings, number one thing to do once you start making money. I think freelancers need an extra month for those $1,500 months. So you can keep budgeting and keep investing and keep saving on the same rate, even if you don't have the income coming in. And yeah. also like, I know that time, I know that money needs time to mature, mm -hmm. but your interest far outweighs what you're gonna get out of retirement from your IRA. Mm -hmm. If you have credit card debt and you've been contributing mm -hmm. to an IRA, stop contributing to your IRA and move back to paying your credit card debt the because interest the interest is gonna dollars. fuck you. Did I learn that the hard way? No way. No, it's of fine. Of course I did. It's fine. Financial literacy is huge. Yeah. And it was not our goal to talk about that today. No. But I think it just like is very apparent. If you want to do things that cost money mm -hmm. and you're a freelancer, you need to get on top of your finances mm -hmm. and you can't be scared of it. I don't want to say don't have fun too. Like you need to live your life, yeah. but just make your decisions with that in mind. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the only thing in mind. I still traveled when I couldn't quite afford it yet. I just did less and I did shorter and I did cheaper and I worked you know like it is I don't want to tell people don't go until you're safe because you're never gonna be safe you're not gonna be safe you're a little unsafe and yeah. that's okay there's yeah. all it's all degrees it's all situational it's all yeah. what you need and what you can do and what you're comfortable with yeah. like I grew up in a paycheck to paycheck household I, I still live in a paycheck to paycheck for the most part like I don't live paycheck to paycheck anymore but my safe I certainly do not have a six-month savings I I'm paying off credit cards. I'm paying off student loans. I'm paying off medical debt. Mm -hmm. I'm dealing with a lot financially mm -hmm. and that's okay too. Like there's nothing wrong. I love how responsible you are. You're <laughs> inspiring me. And you. the more you surround yourself with financially responsible people, the better it is. Like Katie also, yeah. not money with Katie, Katie, my other friend, <laughs> Katie, who is also in pop club. Yeah. I mentioned her in the budgeting episode edition of the fizz she has helped me so much like if you know people who are financially responsible don't be afraid don't be afraid to talk about money with oh your friends God. don't be afraid to talk about money with your friends especially other freelancers i'm trying to look up so i've been keeping these budgets since 20 wow 17 wow yeah and let's look at when is I this all one spreadsheet no no no, no. Okay. i i make a new one every year when i started i did not know how much money i had there is no tracking how much was in all of my accounts. It was just 
I need to pay rent and eat this month. And so I started thinking longer term and started investing in 2020 was, I also want to say that's like, it was like a little bit later. I probably should have started doing that earlier. I didn't start investing and truly saving until in 2021, I opened my Roth IRA. Mm -hmm. In 2022 was the first time my savings account ever passed $1,000. Oh wait, no, in 2021, I surpassed $1,000 in my savings account. In 2022, I surpassed five in my savings. But like, it's it's fucking hard. It takes time. It takes a lot of time. And I think that that's okay. It takes time. And I'm trying to look up what was in my bank account when I started because it was not a lot. All my money in 2020. When I started, I had $1,200 in my checking account and I did have a savings account of 6,000 and a Roth IRA of 4,000. I couldn't even contribute to it all the way. So that's fine. That's comfortable. If a disaster happens, I'm going to be fine. But you know, that's less than 15,000 total. If a disaster actually happens, I'm probably not going to be fine. I have never in my life had $15,000 in my savings account. I've never had more than $5,000 in my savings account at a time. That stresses me out so much. It stresses me (laughs) out, dude. It stresses me out too. Totally. This is why I fucking had some emergencies on my credit cards. I'm living on the edge. It's not healthy. I'm working on it, but yeah, it takes time. Also, I spent in the past two years, I've spent $15,000 on moving costs. So if you don't do that, if you don't do that, You know, if you don't like, you know, move out of a van and have to furnish an entire apartment and pay for the apartment and move across the country twice, you might be okay. Again, anything but not everything, right? Like I have lived in a house that is cheaper than I can afford with two roommates because that's the choice that I make that like, I am the least stressed about. Obviously not everybody can do that, but I also happen to have the best roommates in the world, which has been an amazing bonus. I have been able to grow that and I have been able to make money. I don't know exactly what it is right now because I didn't track. You've definitely saved so much money by living with roommates that way. God, I feel like I can keep doing this because of roommates and because I don't have a lot of debt. I've had horrible roommates and a lot of debt. (laughs) I don't want to live with roommates. I would live with roommates that like selected it. Like my, the house I'm moving into is a two bedroom and I've offered three people. Mm-hmm. Anytime you wanna come, if you wanna come, you can pay me $600 a month with mm-hmm. my guest room. Mm-hmm. Partially for community, partially to offset my rent. And that would be enough to bring it down to like $1,000 a month, yeah. which is reasonable. Yeah. But yeah, it's crazy. Your housing costs, and the more you move around, the harder it is to build community and oh my gosh. find roommates that are great. And yeah, things like that. absolutely. And I'm not willing to sacrifice a lot because I spend so much time recording and everything. Anyway. Well, yeah. There's also living needs people need. I don't know. I think we should also link money with Katie's like step one, like pay off high interest debt, get your emergency savings together, and then you can start investing and and going on trips and having some fun. Like I don't think every single dollar should be for retirement. That's not how I personally want to live. And I understand like the whole fire movement thing, whatever, financially independent, retire early. Sure, sure, sure. That's not happening. I drink coffee out. I also love my I also job. don't make $300,000 a year, right. so exactly. we're not in it. Exactly. Not doing it. We're not going to do that. But I mean, I have grown my money and I have been able to save well and go on trips because I'm thinking long-term and immediate. I'm not sacrificing one for the other. Yeah. I think that's really important. Really, I don't think I've ever said it out loud like that, but like, yeah, that is actually my plus. Well, I think you're doing a great job. I'm certainly not. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm doing fine. I only started learning about money literally this year, so. Yeah. Yeah. I've been on that train for a couple years. How old are you? I'm 30. Okay. But I didn't start doing anything until 25. And you can start early. And I didn't, oh my God. Start any time. Oh my God. You want to know? All right. Pay off high interest debt. Get your emergency savings together. Get a Roth IRA. When you get a Roth IRA and you put money in your Roth IRA, 
it's not automatically invested. You have to invest that shit. Depends on what Or you it use. won't grow. Yeah. Mine sat in a mutual fund for almost two years. I did not Oh know. my God, you could have made so much money. I know. If you use yeah. a bot like Fidelity Go, yeah. it does it for you yeah. automatically. Well, now I have Which is why I, I use a, it, because I don't trust myself to deal with it. I have a robo-investor and then like a long-term index fund account for my, for my retirement savings. Like It's fine, but when I found out that I had wasted all that time. That's so sad. That's so bad. That's so sad, dude. The thing is, you're going to learn with money, especially with life, with yeah. life, you're going to learn things the hard way sometimes. So I didn't really have the margin to start investing until 20, to, until I was 27. Yeah. I was like squirreling what I had left over into my Roth IRA and that was the best I could do. And I had yeah. an emergency savings, but I wasn't adding to it. I was dipping into it when I needed to. Like, Well, that makes me feel better. Oh, yeah. I think I'm. I think for like where I'm at and my age and like when I'm gonna retire and all that, I'm fine. It's yeah. just I would prefer to have an emergency savings and I'm a very all or nothing too. person. I'm like, yeah, you are. I need an emergency savings. How much do I want in there? Oh, at least five thousand dollars. Okay, I'm gonna get a project that pays five thousand dollars and I'll just put that in the emergency <laughs> savings. And that's literally what I do. And on, I sincerely like this is the only way I can do things. And it's it's problematic. Like I'm not incremental. <laughs> so I am this not marginal. Thing is really good for you. The percentage thing is. Changing the way that I think about money and mm -hmm. like my brain is like wow you can just put $300 in there and that oh does something cool oh my gosh, I'm dying. Yeah, yeah, dude learn a lot learn a lot So I know we've talked about it a little bit But do you have one word of advice for new freelancers and one word of advice for aspiring travelers? I know you don't mean literally one word, but that is what I'm thinking about <laughs> for freelancers persistence and connection for travelers. I'll come back and expand on that for travelers, connection and curiosity, and maybe flexibility is the third one. Mm -hmm. If you're a new freelancer, I think most people who make it are just willing to stick it out. Even when big, bad things happen, like it, it just, it takes persistence. It takes being careful. It takes thinking long and short term at the same time and being able to see both things um, or else you are going to panic and you're going to leave and you're going to go to something more stable. Like that, is, most people, that is what is going to happen. Um, I've almost done it so many times. I applied to grad school. Oh my I applied God, to I grad school that. in a panic and just, and I deferred for a year. Like maybe I do still want to go. No, I just was scared that the way I was living was not sustainable because I didn't know my patterns yet. I wasn't focused on networking and community and like having the people around you yet. Have enough people around you that you can stick it out. And that does imply privilege. That does imply support systems. That does, you know, there's a lot. But, you know, if you don't have a support system and you can work and write on the side, that is a great way to start too. You yeah. know, my freelancing didn't kick off until I focused on the people around me and networking to some degree. Yes, you got to be able to prove you can do what you're going to do, but talking to people is how you get jobs, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Got to have the proof you can pull it off, but you're nobody's going to come asking you for work yeah. <laughs> in the first several years. Yeah. Yeah. It took me like four years. This year, I've complete all of my work has come from referrals, mm -hmm. which is wow. the best thing that's ever yeah, happened that's to amazing. me. It feels like a miracle. Every mm -hmm. time I go to like go hunting for clients and send LOIs and follow ups, mm -hmm. someone refers me and I'm like, thank God I don't have to go back. <laughs> but like, yeah, the entire first four years was just networking. Yeah. But it, you can get there eventually. But I got here because I talked to people. Yeah. I, I'm still having to send out LOIs, but my two favorite clients, the two who paid me the most money, in the last two years both came from the same person who knew what I wanted and happened to have the right connections yeah. and, and believed in me too you know yeah. you gotta have all that you just need one 
really great person. Like most of my referrals this year have come from one person as well. Nicole, yeah, I need to get on his list. I don't even know him. Like we, like I didn't. It's we've amazing. never had a live call. Amazing. We've he's sent me looms and I've sent him looms, but that was it. Perfect. And we've worked on like four projects together now. And he's referred me to four other people. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm meeting him actually later this week for the first time ever on oh, Zoom. That's great. Isn't that crazy? That's so he was like, hey, do you want to have a coffee chat? And I was like, yeah, I would love to know you. <laughs> But you don't have to, like, it doesn't have to be, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves for it to, like, be the right person or who is it or where is it? And we're, like, constantly seeing oh, it. It's going to come when you yeah. least expect it. It's going to come from, like, I didn't even want, I met him through Loom. It, they were going to pay me 40 cents a word. I had asked, I wanted 60. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't even like what I was writing about. And it was ghostwriting. I didn't even get any bylines. And I was mm -hmm. like, I'll just take it. I just, I just need the money. Oh, and it's turned into like the best connection I could have ever. You just don't know when it's going to happen. You have no idea. For me, it was, so I wrote an article for free. Yeah. And because I liked it, because this was a magazine that I'd loved in college and I wanted to be in it, you know, mm. and it was great. And another freelancer in Durham loved that article, found my Instagram from that article, saw that we both happened to be in Durham. And she was like, I need friends and messaged me out of the blue on Instagram. And I was like, yes, absolutely. And she was like newer to freelancing than me, but had spent a lot more time in media mm. and now works for a legacy publication again. She didn't even keep freelancing, wow. but we worked together just for long enough. Like I didn't think that was gonna be a networking hangout. It yeah. was just like, I think that's part of it too, is like networking can feel sleazy because you know you want something. Don't, don't want something. Don't ever want something. Just introduce yourself to people yes. listen to them and what's interesting about them and what's interesting about you and it's gonna sparks yeah flat. yeah if you want to network focus on them I always tell people when they're writing their letters of introduction on LinkedIn to make it about the person yes. that they're talking to mm -hmm. like I love your cat or mm -hmm. it's so cool that you worked on marketing at this place this one campaign I saw I love this so totally yeah it's always about them mm -hmm. treat them like a fucking human being mm -hmm. that's all anybody wants is to be treated like a human being mm -hmm. and when you treat people like humans you won't get gigs yeah and you just got to keep going because you're not expecting every person you meet to give you a ten thousand dollar job you've yeah. got to just keep meeting people over and over again and it yeah. gets exhausting but like the highest conversion rate i've ever had total is like 12.5 percent oh that's good though yeah <laughs> so like just you know perspective wise persistence and quantity yeah and humanizing it is what's going to get you there be a genuine human being do not be if they can tell you're trying to get something from them don't yeah yeah don't, <laughs> don't. do that <laughs> they call it pitch slap you meet someone yeah. and immediately pitch them. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't be like that. Oh man. And for travelers, actually, I'm going to move flexibility to the front. If you have everything planned out too hard, you're going to go to a museum and you're going to look at pictures and you're going to see exactly what you expect to see. And if you are willing to go to some degree with the flow and to look for the unexpected, these people at these bookstores, like these hostile chats, you're gonna learn a lot more. You're gonna be surprised a lot more often, which is what I love about travel. But also don't go just to hang out with other tourists. Please do spend some time understanding the place you're going. That, yes. that bugs me. Yeah. People do that so much. And, and that's, cur that's curiosity. So the flexibility, the curiosity, be curious about where you're going, learn, adapt. You're not gonna live like a Portuguese person and then two weeks you're there, but listen and try to understand what it's like. You yeah. know, that, that is respectful. And then community. I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, we travel to understand other people, to understand how they live and and what their their countries and their homes are like and yeah yeah cool landscape too but that you'll connect most with the place you're going when you go with somebody who's from there or who lives there like i wasn't even planning on going to glacier 
And someone messaged me on Instagram who I had met briefly on the AT. We'd only met like twice in passing. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I live in Northwest Montana. You should come stay with me. You are going to love Glacier. You have to go. And I was like, I don't know, man. How many strange men did you stay with? Many. (laughs) Yeah, you know me. So I was like in Bozeman when I got this message and the fires were really bad. And I was like, what if the fire is bad? Whatever. So I'm like asking strangers at a park, would you skip Glacier? This is summer 2021. Yeah. I was also in Montana. That's so funny. Oh my God. (laughs) So everyone at this park in Bozeman was like, you have to go. What are you talking about? So I go, turned out to have the best time. Mean Spaghetti is his trail name. He's amazing. He's such a cool person. We explored Glacier every weekend for an entire month together. Mm -hmm. And then certain days he was working, I wasn't. I would go by myself and he like loaned me his kayak to go. He loaned me his car and his kayak to go and drove my van around with my cat in it so that I could go kayaking in Glacier. Yeah, he was like the kindest person. And I never would have gone and I never would have seen, I saw all the best parts of Glacier. I really feel like I know Glacier well now. And I didn't go to a single like, tourist like if you go to like the top 10 things you should do in glacier the only thing i did on that was going to the sun road and it was just because i needed to take it to get to somewhere else Mm -hmm. and that's the kind of stuff that you get by connecting with other people and in bozeman like i needed a place to camp one night and i was at a coffee shop and i asked if anybody knew of any place that was good and they were like oh there's a random parking lot on this random road i swear it's not sketchy you should have your dinner at this little damn place up the street and then camp in this parking lot and i was like this feels creepy and then i went and did it i was like this is amazing (laughs) the best photo i have of bonnie from this entire trip was like at that dam yeah it was so good so cute Yeah. yeah talk to strangers yeah talk to strangers we haven't talked about travel safety especially as a solo woman like you do Again, you have to be thinking long-term and short-term. What is panicky in the short-term, but will probably be okay? What feels like it's okay, but might not make the long-term safe and happy? That applies to work, that applies to travel. Trust your gut. Honestly, there are so many gigs with freelancing too, where I've like, I've gotten the gig and I've Mm -hmm. thought, I don't know if this is really for me. Mm -hmm. And then I end up having to break the contract later. Mm -hmm. And there's no consequence to breaking the contract, except you don't get paid and you don't do the project. But I could have just said, I don't want to do that. (laughs) Know when to go home, know when to push past your limits. That is why I say start slow and take small trips and just take on a few projects at a time. But (laughs) guess it depends on who you are. I'm totally the opposite. And I know that it's me. You know what I mean? Because 90% of people will say what you say. And everyone will be like, when should I quit my job? And I'm like, right now, dude. Right? You will fucking figure it out if you do it right now. And if you don't figure it out, you just get a job again. And there is a degree of like, that's insane. You're never going to be safe. Yeah, you're never going to be safe. You're never going to feel ready. You're going to have to embrace the uncertainty. You can't wait forever. For me, it took getting in touch with my gut. Yeah. There were a couple sketchy situations I've been in, traveling. There were probably several. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I think back to my study abroad in Paris. Idiot. <laughs> idiot. Absolute idiot. There were times, there was one time on in Utah, I was like camping at this place and I was like, this feels kind of creepy. Yeah. But, you know, stay here. Fine. It's fine. And the next day I found out that there had been like a situation of a woman who was camping there alone. And I was like, what the fuck? I felt sketched out. I should have fucking left. Yeah. I should have left. Yeah. Your intuition is stronger than you realize. Way stronger. And you even just... if your intuition was wrong, it's better that you were safe and you left. I think for me, it took figuring out what the difference between intuition and anxiety was. Because oh, yes. That, that, you know, when I talk about, oh, I want to quit freelancing because I didn't make any money, that's anxiety. Yes, correct. When I realize, oh, 
not only are you the only foreigner in this neighborhood right now, you're the only woman of any race at all. Probably time to go home. Yeah. That's intuition. Yeah. <laughs> That's not anxiety. Yeah. And that has nothing to say about the people who were there. It is yeah. just paying attention. Yeah, totally. You know, yeah. like, it, yeah. And then, and there have been times that I'm glad I did something I was scared to do traveling, but like jumping off a really tall diving board is not intuition, Correct. right? Like yes. you just, it's hard. It's That's hard. just freaky. Yeah. It's yeah. just challenging, pushing your comfort zone. Yeah, you really do need to get to know yourself. And if you dissociate at all, go to therapy. <laughs> before you do anything like dude if i was dissociating on the road i never would have made it i would yeah. have been killed like something bad would have happened i yeah. see that now and right now i'm annoyed because i would love to be dissociating because it would make packing so much easier like every other time i've moved like out of a place yeah i just would not feel anything and it was so much easier but yeah. now i have feelings and i cry all the time and it's great <laughs> same with travel i think most people are great um but i have been yelled at i have been followed i have been grabbed there is no reason to ignore the reality yeah. of that that would be actually really stupid and irresponsible of us yeah. just like it would be to say freelancing is great and it's so easy and anybody can do it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. there's always a threat and that's what makes it exciting it <laughs> is part of it but i don't want anybody to get hurt <laughs> agreed, 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 agreed. including me yeah. yeah yeah but no i do think the exciting scary stuff is the like you know, hiking something that maybe is just a little past your limit. It's not going out on this hike with no way to contact somebody unprepared, right? You have to be prepared. You got to know who to call. You got to know the emergency numbers. It would be great if you could carry around the embassy number. Yeah, it's, it is so situational. It's hard to give good advice other than understand your gut. Yeah. Where can people find you online? I am one of the few people still on Twitter. I don't use it very much. It's just my name, Shelby Polk. I use my I have two Instagrams. The one I actually use is my bookstagram. Um, and that is polk.fiction, like the movie, but my last name, P-O-L-K. And I intend to start a Substack with that same title. I love this. Also, um, you and I are working on a little collab. Yes. We don't know when it's gonna be yes. ready, but. A lot more talk about travel. A lot more talk about travel. If you wanna learn how to travel and be a digital nomad, or you want to go on a group trip, slash retreat where we would work and learn more about being a digital nomad. Keep your eyes peeled. We will let you know in the future when and where you can find that. So if you follow either of us on Instagram or either of our newsletters, mine's the fizz on Substack. So out. excited. And this was, I feel like, you know, I went general, I went big picture travel advice. Man, I've been making lists of like, here's exactly what I take to the airport. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Here's exactly wow. what I look for in Wi-Fi. You need a VPN. Here's the one you should use. Yeah. All the things. Mm -hmm. So exciting. Yes. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh my gosh, this was so much fun. I hope y'all love this episode as much as I do. I don't know about you, but my number one goal for 2024 is to pay off my debt so that I can get into travel hacking and go exploring internationally a little bit more. I got so many practical tips from Shelby about traveling and budgeting, and I hope you guys glean those from this episode too. If you want more info on the apps and tools we mentioned, check the show notes for links to everything we talked about in this episode. None of this is sponsored. It's just what we actually use. So feel free to check those apps out in the show notes below. You can find Shelby on Instagram and on Substack at polk.fiction. Her website is shelbypolk.com. I'll see y'all down the trail for the next episode of The Guidebook. This podcast was created and produced by Rachel Meltzer. 
The music is by Ketza from the Free Music Archive. You can find more information about the resources discussed in this podcast in the show notes below or on our blog at meltzerseltzer.com slash blog. That's M-E-L-T-Z-E-R-S-E-L-T-Z-E-R dot com slash blog. Also, while you're here, did you know that I offer courses and coaching for new freelance writers? Check it out at meltzerseltzer.com slash coaching. Thank you.